Exodus 3, 7 and 8. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. And I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. I, man, I tell you, that'd make you shout. And I am come down to deliver them. Whew, out of the hand, may I just save this for 11 o'clock? Out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. I want to talk today about the blood. And the exodus. Come on, let's pray together. Lord, we love you today and thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. Thank you for calling us out, for making a way, Lord, for deliverance today. God, we're going to praise you. Let the words now, Lord, find good ground in our heart. Let it encourage us, challenge us, get us ready for heaven. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Clap your hands real good and shout to the Lord this morning. God's good. Hallelujah. God's good. God's good. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. God bless you. Man, if there's any two verses of Scripture, man, that I've read lately that just sums up, you know, uh, a summary of our life with the Lord is these two verses right here. Many times people have preached and, and made the comparison between uh, us coming out of the world and Israel coming out of Egypt. Egypt being a type of the world and place of bondage, a place of slavery. And, and we know that God called us out of those kind of things. And, and that's what he does. He, I'm glad we got a deliverer today. In Leviticus 11 and 45, the Lord made the statement, For I am the Lord. I'm the Lord that brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. He didn't bring you out to run around on your own. He didn't bring you out to leave you to your own devices. He didn't bring you out so you could just make it worse. You know, Jesus even told a few people after he delivered them or healed them, he, said, he would say, now go your way and sin no more. I've done a miracle in your life. Don't make it worse. <laughs> he told one guy, Sin the more less something worse befall that you you can make it worse. We can we can be in a place where it's bad, but I believe believe me, we can make it worse if we're not careful. He said, But I brought you out to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. There's an expectation of of who we should be and how we should be. We know the Lord is holy. He said, I'm holy. He said, you need to be like me. I brought you out of a place that was unlike me so you could be like me. You're going to live in a world that is unlike me, but you're able to be like me. God would not have ever said for us to be holy if it was impossible to be holy, if it was not attainable. But see, we think of holiness as some kind of place that we'll never get to. But that's not true. Holiness is being like the Lord. And when we are filled with the Spirit, the Bible says we receive power, the dunamis of God 
after the Holy Ghost has come upon us. That's the nature of God. It's, uh, it's not just power like we can pick up a car and throw it somewhere. It's, I mean, it's not that kind of power, but it's the, the attributes, the nature of God. And so it doesn't mean we won't ever make mistakes again because we're not God. But we can be holy. Whenever you uh, worship God in, in spirit and in truth, whenever you begin to love your neighbor, whenever you begin to uh, forgive others as God has forgiven you, you're, you're being holy. Whenever you lift your hands to pray, we lift up holy hands. You can lift up those hands and pray and talk to God, and, and that's being holy. But uh, today, today, I don't want to get off where I'm at. I want, I want us to look at these two verses today because God has delivered us. Well, he's delivered some of us. God's delivered us. Come on. And, and in these two passages of Scripture, it just encourages me so much because I, the Lord said, I'll, I'll let you know from my mouth. The Lord said, I have seen the affliction of my people. Don't ever think you're going through something that God doesn't see. But I want you to listen to this now. I've seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry. Listen, if you're not crying out uh, under your situation, maybe you're enjoying it. I dropped this mic, but it'd break. <laughs> Listen, he said, not only have I seen what they're going through, but it's got to the point where they have realized I've got to start crying out. I've got to start showing my displeasure of where I am. I've got to let the Lord know I don't want to be here anymore. I'm tired of these taskmasters. I'm tired of the things that have been cracking the whip on me. I'm tired of those things that have got me in chains that are ruling my life. And he said, I've heard them say, I want something different. And God said, I have heard that. I have seen that. And he said, I know their sorrows. Sounds a lot like the prophecy about Jesus that he was a, a man acquainted with grief and sorrow. He knew about our sorrows. He knew that he was going to have to be a deliverer. And he said, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Listen, God has no plans for you and I to stay under the hands of this world. Uh, he doesn't want us to be in chains and bondage to the things of this life. Friend, let me tell you, if you give up to it, the Bible says, whoever you yield your members to serve, that's whose servant you are. And he knows that at any moment, we could be taken captive. You see, he said, I've seen the affliction of my people. My people are in bondage. We think sometimes in the world will tell you, once you're his, you're not in any kind of bondage. You can do what you want to do. But doing what you want to do is actually just being a slave to the world because that's the world's theology. That's the world's doctrine. But he said, I have seen my people. I have heard my people which are in bondage. My people are in slavery. They are in need of deliverance. Don't, don't ever feel like, well, there must be something wrong with me if I need deliverance. Honey, we all need deliverance. <laughs> we all need this God of deliverance that will bring us out. And, and so God's people, uh, sure, they were his. But he said, you can't live like you need to live here. You can't be what you need to be here. I've got to get you 
out of here. That's why he said, I'm going to bring you up and out of the land of Egypt. So there I can actually be your God. Pharaoh wasn't going to let them worship God where they were at. He said, you can't worship like you need to worship. And you can't be like me where you are. It's hard to be like God when you're enslaved to something else. We want to be like him. But if we're going to be like him, we're going to have to come out. The Lord had a message for Pharaoh, and he sent a man, a man sent from God. Come on, somebody. There's a man that was sent from God, and he said, let my people go. Let me tell you, God wants you out. He said, I've got a plan and a place for my people. I'm going to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of that land unto a good land, to a large land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And then he began to list the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites. All these enemies of Israel would be there. But even the enemy can't stop where God wants to bring you. He said, I know they're there, but I can defeat every enemy where I'm taking you. Don't worry about the world. Don't worry about walking out of the house of God thinking, oh, I got to hide because now I'm in the world and there's a roaring lion going around seeking whom he may devour. Don't be worrying about the things that, that used to try to enslave you and bring you into bondage like I can never be where God wants me to be because of these enemies because God's able and well able to take care of the enemy. You know, he, he could have just said, well, I'll leave off the fact that there's people in there that would want to kill them or hurt them or destroy them or enslave them again. He said, because I don't want them worrying about it. But no, he said, I'll let you know up front, you're going to have some battles where I'm taking you to, but that'll be all right because I'm going to give you the victory anyway. Friend, God will give you the victory. Hello. I'm, I'm thankful this morning that God's got a plan and that God's got a place for his people. I don't want to stay in the land of bondage. Listen, no matter what it offers, whatever this world has to offer will never be as great as what God has for you. No matter, there's never a trade-off that, that will work. You'll never, ever trade your walk with God and say, hmm, that was a good decision. Yeah, I'm better off now. Oh, I've heard them uh, say silly things like that. I'm, I'm closer to God than I've ever been, and, and now I'm free from this bondage. Uh, what you did is you stepped right out into bondage. Uh, the Bible says in one place they, they, they proclaim liberty, but they themselves are captives. And, and they, they'll tell you the world will say, come on out here and be free. Be yourself. But what you're doing is just putting on the shackles of the world. But the scripture tells me that I, that I haven't received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Uh, I'm not going back into those shackles. I'm not going back into the chains that held me before. No matter what it says, it can offer. In 1 John 2 and 15, uh, John wrote to the church, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. Don't fall in love. Don't be seduced uh, by the, the things of this world. Don't love the world and don't love the things that are in the world. Now that doesn't mean you can't love animals or trees or sunsets or the beach or mountains. It's not talking about those natural things. God has given us all things richly to enjoy. But you can't love the ways of the world. And you can't love the, uh, the system of the world and the, the things that the world offers to try to fill that hole that's inside of you that only God can fit in. 
There's a place that God has inside of every person when they're born. And only He can fill that void. But all we try to fill it up with everything else. But it only puts us in bondage. I don't want the things that are in the world because they are not of the Father. But James 1 and 17 tells us this, that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. If it's from above, it's not earthly. Uh, Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, and it comes down from the Father of lights. He came to deliver us. That word uh, deliver right there in, in the book of Exodus means to snatch away or to take out. He came to snatch us away from the enemy to take us out of 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 egypt out of a spiritual egypt to get us to a place to separate us from the land of bondage and take us to a promised land or oh, that he, he wouldn't just take them out to, uh, to let them wander and, and be lost the wandering happened because of their own silliness but god had a plan and it's something we see right here the exact plan of god i want to take you out and take you to but Israel ended up wandering. Sometimes we mess up and, and, and cause ourselves to miss the perfect plan of God, crying for things and, and, and not trusting God, not believing God, but God had a plan. And in Exodus 12, he began to reveal some of that plan about getting them out. And in Exodus 12, verses, start at verse 21. No, that's not where I'm at. I'm in Genesis. That's the one I'm in the wrong book. Help your pastor, Lord. Exodus 12 and 21. It said, Moses called for all the elders of Israel, and he said unto them, he said, draw out and take you a lamb. Aren't you thankful for the lamb? Reminds me of of John talking to all the people at Jordan when he said, behold the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. But Moses said, get a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin. Strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood upon the lintel, and the two side posts, and the Lord will pass over the door. It will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. And you shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass when you become into the land which the Lord will give you according as he has promised that you will keep this service. Friend, don't ever think we're going to forget about the blood. Even in heaven, they're singing, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. He said, when you get there, you're still going to hear them singing, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. But I don't want to wait to try to get there and sing about it. But down here, I want to remember that the blood was part of the plan. It was the most necessary part because the destroyer uh, was coming through Egypt that night. And and it didn't matter. They were all included in this. And he said, but the only way that you'll be spared, the only way you'll be saved is that I see the blood on the door. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over. And I won't send the destroyer in to take your firstborn. But it wasn't just part of the plan. The blood, or, or it, was, it was just part of the plan uh, to get them out. It took the blood. 
They had to be separated. There had to be a difference. There had to be a distinction that only God could give them. And he told them, take the lamb, take the blood, put it on the doorpost. Here's the instructions. This is what it'll take. You can't kill the lamb and keep the blood inside. You can't just take the lamb and don't do nothing to it. You've got to take the lamb, kill the lamb, put the blood where it can be visible. I've got to see the blood. Friend, you can't hide the blood in your life. You need the blood on your life. You need to make sure that the sacrifice of Jesus is visible in everything that you do. People need to know that there is a difference. If some of the Egyptians had been wandering through that day, they would have said, Why is there blood on every house? Why is there blood on the door? They would be able to see that there had been a sacrifice, that something had died, that something now was covering. It was there. There ain't no blood on our door. Why they got blood? It makes a difference. And the blood, it spared them. It separated them. But that was just part of the plan. God did not spare them so they could stay in Egypt. They had to have an exodus. You hear me? There had to be an exodus. He said, listen, the blood did not automatically transport them to the promised land. And when you and I are baptized in his name and the blood is applied to our life through faith in his name, we're not automatically transported to the promised land. Oh, we, we, it would be nice. Wouldn't that be the ticket? Get baptized and open your eyes, you'd be in glory. Uh, but he said, no, there's going to be a life. There's a journey that you're going to make. But it'll be all right because I can get you there. See, God didn't tell them there was a place and then say, but you'll never make it. He intended on them getting to the land that he had promised because he knew he was stronger than any adversary that they would ever encounter. He knew that he could supply every need as they were marching in that direction. They just didn't believe it. But I hope today that the church has got a revelation. That we're on a journey to get to the promised land. Jesus said, I'm going away to prepare a place. That where I am, you can be also. And if I go away to prepare a place, you better know I'm going to come again and receive you unto myself. Jesus has plans on us getting there. But we didn't get there when the blood was applied. He said, now you're on the journey. But don't worry about the journey. I can get you there. I can supply all your needs according to my riches in glory. Come on. I can just get rid of every weapon that's formed against you. Friend, if you make a mistake, I made a way for you to get back right with me. I, I can get you there. I can defeat every enemy on the way. You never have to quit before you get there. You don't ever have to give up before you get there. God made a way. He said, I didn't just put the blood on you so you could stay in the world. He said, it's going to take more than the blood. It'll take an exodus. You got to leave. And he didn't grab them by the neck and drag them out. Honey, they had got so sick and tired of where they were, they were ready to go. Oh, they were ready to get out of that place. Oh, I wish people could start getting sick and tired of the life they're living and in the world that they're caught up in and all the things that they're hung up in. I wish they could get back to just hating the things of this world. If they could just get back to loving the things of God. I want more in this life than just saying I went to church and had an experience, but nothing ever changed. Well, let me tell you, they could have stayed in their house after the death angel passed over them. They could have walked out the next day and said, well, I survived that. That was pretty cool. 
think I'll stay. I already got a house, got furniture. Really hate to pack up. Hate moving. And plus, there's plenty of food here and everything like that. But you know what you'd be? You'd still be a slave. You think Pharaoh's going to say, well, since you decided to stay, that was so nice. I'll just make you, I'll just make you free in the land. Oh, no, you'd still be making bricks for Pharaoh. You'd still be getting the whip across your back. You'd still be working yourself down to the bone. And let me tell you, when we come to Jesus, you can't stay in this world. Don't fool yourself. Don't let nobody else fool you. Think, well, once, once you believe in him, everything's took care of, and you don't have to worry about it. You just go on and party till Jesus comes back. No, sir. Just live like you want to live. You said you believed in him. That's enough. You may even got baptized in his name, filled with the Holy Ghost. And Well, that's enough. Just come on now and, and live your life. Live your best life. Do whatever you want to do. I'm telling you, honey, it took more than the blood. It took an exodus. And Jesus will do his part. But we got to do our part. In the plan of salvation, Peter said, repent. And be baptized, every one of you. We've got to do our part. That's what we've got to do. God will fill us with the Holy Ghost. But repentance is a turning around and walking away, going in another direction. And, and the, the children of Israel, it wasn't going to be just enough to have experienced the Passover. Now they got to get out. Get out. God said, let my people go. I'm not going to go against the word of God. And the scripture tells us, uh, the church, come out from among them and be you separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and you'll be my sons, and I'll be your daughter, you'll be my daughters, and I'll be your God. But you have got to come out from among them. Now that doesn't mean that we're going to go build us a place off back in the field somewhere and never see another human as long as we live. We're not going to put an eight-foot fence around this place and make a compound and have the FBI swarming us one day because they think we're uh, marrying our brothers and sisters and all that crazy stuff. Coming out means come out from those ways. Come out of the bondage of this world. Jesus came to set me and you free. If the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Jesus came to set us free. He gave us the Spirit of the Lord so we could have liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And friend, you can leave where Jesus found you. A lot of people think, I just can't get out. Yes, you can. I can't get away. Yes, you can. Don't you tell me that the blood isn't good enough to make a way for you to get out. Come on, don't tell me what Jesus did up there on the cross. Ain't enough to get you out. You know, Jesus made a statement. I was reading this one day and it just came to me. When he was, before he took his last breath, his last words, he said, it is finished. Well, now we know he's talking about his plan here. Him coming to walk among the people and show them who God was and then be the sacrifice that would take away the sin of the world. And he said, it is finished. That sacrifice has enough power to take care of whatever it is 
that you're dealing with. Whatever the it is that's going on in your life, it is finished. <laughs> if that it happens to be depression, it is finished. If it happens to be addiction, it is finished. Come on, somebody. You hear me? Jesus said, I'm not just going to my, pour my blood out and not do nothing about where you are. Uh, you haven't been listening. Did you see what he told them when they were in Egypt? I'm not just going to let you put the blood there and then you stay where you're slaves. He said, but I'm going to bring you out. And Jesus was hanging there with the blood pouring from his body in his last breath. He said, it is finished. Whatever you, oh, the blood's going to wash you white as snow. Mm. But you don't have to go back. You don't have to stay where you are. You don't have to be a slave any longer. It's finished. Alcoholism, finished. Drug addiction, finished. Come on, somebody. Anxiety, fear, stress, depression, finished, finished, finished. It is finished. Whatever sentence you were serving with the world, it is finished. Oh, I know it's, it's early. I know it's, it's Sunday school. Where you at? But I'm telling you, God's trying to get somebody's eye, uh, attention this morning, letting you know you, you're not a slave any longer. The blood was enough to set you apart. But God said, now come on out of there. Come out of that place. Oh, I, I can't do it. Yes, you can. The only way you don't do it is if you don't do it. It's that simple. It's that simple. Oh, no, it's, it's got me. No, it don't. It don't. It might be saying I got you, but it ain't got you. They walked out. They walked out of Egypt and spoiled the Egyptians, took their gold and their silver and their clothing and their food and, and took everything they needed. When God gets you and separates you by the blood, He'll give you what you need for the journey. He'll give you what you need to get to the promised land. It's going to take the blood. Because we can't be washed without the blood. We can't be cleansed without the blood. We can't be separated without the blood. But once the blood is applied, there's got to be an exodus. We've got to leave that place. That's why I told him in that verse 25, he said, And when you come into the land, when you come into the land, don't forget about the blood. Oh, when we get the glory one day and we're going to see Jesus. And I know we've got all kind of ideas about what we think we'll do. Uh, I'm sure it will be nothing like what we think. I know we say, oh, I'm going to run here and I'm going to run there and I'm going to grab this one and grab that one. I don't know what we're going to do. But I do know I'm going to see Jesus. And I do know there's going to be people praising him. There's going to be people uh, in white robes and there's going to be people with palm leaves and they're going to be singing glory to the Lamb. And I know they're going to still be saying, worthy is the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. We're still going to be giving Him the glory for what He's done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because it's going to take that sacrifice, but it's going to take that exodus. Come on, don't stay where He found you. Move out. Pack it up. If you look, if you listen, I'm sure back then if they couldn't carry it, leave it. Just get out of here. Oh, but I got this, I got this 
big old piece of furniture and it was passed down from generation to generation. Can you carry it? Oh no, it's too heavy. Then leave it. Listen, I don't care how long it's been a part of your life. If it's too heavy for you to carry, leave it. Leave it so you can follow him. The Bible said the Lord was going before him. He was leading him. He said, I'm, I'm leading you on a trail. I'm taking you on a path. I'm going to get you somewhere. But if it's too heavy, leave it. Quit holding on to things that will keep you bound where you used to be. Things that will keep you where I found you. Let it go. It might be things. Honey, it might be people that you just got to say, I love you, but I got to go. I can't stay here any longer. You know, I refuse to believe that Israel could be in Egypt that long. And they didn't make some acquaintances with some of the people there. They didn't run into them every once in a while. And, hey, man, how are you today? Good. Making bricks. It's all good. You know, just passing time, talking. Maybe, hey, maybe one of them, guards or soldiers or Egyptian rulers or whatever was walking through down there. One and said, man, something smells good today. And maybe they was making falafel. Uh, hey, try some of this food we got in. Man, man them Jewish people can cook, man. So they, maybe they made some friends, but there wasn't nobody worth staying in bondage for. Hey, hey, Pharaoh, see ya. The Pharaoh that Joseph had, that Pharaoh loved Joseph. Made him welcome. Gave land to his family. Bring them in. Give them all the food they need. Whatever it takes, Joseph, take care of your family. That was the way, that was the relationship, but it changed. Oh, it'll change. The world will treat you good long enough until it's ready to turn you into his servant. But it realizes, oh no, they're not going to be like us. They'll enslave you. And, and Israel was fine for a while until that new Pharaoh arose and knew nothing about Joseph. And he said, uh-uh, these people are growing. These people are multiplying. We better put them under our thumb before they overrun us. We need to take care of this situation. Listen, the world will tell you whatever it needs to tell you to keep you. Don't listen to that little whisper, that little sweet talk from the world. Friend, you leave that place. Get out of that place. Leave the land of Egypt. It's going to take the blood, but it's going to take an exodus. You got to make a decision. Am I going to stay or am I going to go? What will I do? The blood of Jesus has cleansed you and I from all sin, redeemed us, purchased us. It saves us, but not so we can stay not so we can stay in our chains. Not so we can uh, stay in the world. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 12, it said, Therefore, brethren, because of what Jesus did, we are debtors, but not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. Because if we live after the flesh, we die. But if you through the Spirit will mortify the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led, 
when somebody's leading, he's leading you out. When you're led by the Spirit of God, you are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Our Father. That's what God was telling them. He said, He said, I am the Lord that brought you out of Egypt uh, so I could be your God so, and you could be my people and you'll be holy because I'm holy. He's telling them, I'm adopting you. I'm your Father. I'm bringing you out. The Spirit itself bears witness that we, uh, with our spirit, that we are the children of God. That's who we are. That's who God wants us to be. We can't stay in the world. In Romans 6, back up a couple of chapters, and Paul said, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? The blood was shed. That grace and mercy that saves us, the grace of God that bringeth salvation, has appeared to all men. But shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? How can I stay in those things that had me dead? Don't you know that so many of us as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death. And therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so we also should walk in newness of life. He was telling Israel, come on now, let's walk, not as a slave. When they set foot out of that gate, friend, they were not slaves any longer. They, they weren't under, no worry about having to make bricks that day. They were just headed out, getting out of this place, getting away from the things that held us in chains. And that's what God does. He calls us out of darkness. And as we, we think of that literal darkness, but, but those days that were dark, that life that was dark. Oh, the, the emotions that were dark. He calls you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He wants you to be different. In 2 Corinthians, Paul wrote this to the church in chapter 6 and verse 17. Uh, or Yes, verse 17. The Lord said, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. We think that he receives us just immediately once we say, hey, I believe. But he said, you come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. I love you where you are and always will. But I love you too much to leave you there. I love you too much for you to stay where you are. He says, wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Don't touch it. Well, it's just a, just a touch, just a touch. You'd be surprised how small things can get you. <laughs> just go touch the eye of a stove. Just go touch the, the fang of a rattlesnake. Yeah, I just run over one in my yard the other day with a lawnmower, tore him up. I wasn't fixing to handle him. I was fixing to, I handled him all right. Cut him in three big old pieces. And I still wouldn't touch him. I got a stick long enough to get him. I said, get out of here. You don't want nothing to do with him dead or alive. Little things. Oh, it's, it's just a touch. It's just a touch. It's just... It's the little foxes, the scripture says, that spoil the vine. 
it's them little things that can get in there. You know, you know what, what's worse than anything? Uh, think about how fine sand is. Just get some in your shoe and see how awful your walk gets, how, how rough it is when you're walking. Think about what Jesus said when he said, remember Lot's wife. The angel said, don't look back. She didn't turn back. She didn't turn around and go back. She looked, only a look, and it turned her into a pillar of salt because God said, I'm making a way for you to get out, and, and your safety is in the mountains, and you got to flee to the mountains and go, and don't look back. The Bible says when we put our hand to the plow and look back, we're not fit for the kingdom of God. Quit looking back, wondering what's going on, where you came from. God brought you out of Egypt. And so he said, come out and be separate, and then I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and you will be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. The Lord said, come out and be holy because I'm holy. We ought to be working on that. When Peter preached that great message on the day of Pentecost, it said as he got on down through the, through the lesson, he said he cried out saying, save yourself. With many other words, it said that he testified and exhorted saying, save yourself. So evidently, just Acts 2.38 wasn't enough on its own. It'll get you born again, but you got to live the life. He said, here's what it's going to take to get born again. Repent, be baptized in his name, be filled with the Holy Ghost. You're born again, but you can't just do what you want to do. With many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourself from this untoward or crooked, perverse generation. Save yourself from the things that, because this world will, just because you got born again, you think it's not going to try to touch you? That it's not going to come after you? It's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. It's hunting God's people. But God, let us know, I have given you all power. He didn't say, I put a force field around you. Power ain't no good unless you exercise it. He said, now I've given you power over all the power of the enemy. Anything that the enemy exercises toward you, what you got is greater. Use it. Pray. Fast. Seek my face. Praise me. Worship me. Live for me. Submit yourself unto God, the scripture says. Then resist the devil and he shall flee. Not might. Honey, when you're under submission to the Lord, it will go. Oh, it'll trouble you. It'll growl at you. It'll, it'll work on everything you've got, every emotion you've got. But I'm telling you, it will go when you stay under submission to God. When you keep living by his word, when you keep praising his name, calling on his name, doing what God called you to do, you'll make it. You'll make it. Don't ever think that God called you on a journey that he didn't intend on you making. That he prepared a place that he never intended on you reaching. The enemy ain't strong enough on his best day to keep you away from what God has got for you. We got promises. We got eight seconds. 
all that some people, but listen, here, here's the rub. All that some people want is to not be a slave anymore. But they don't want to leave. Some people, I'd be glad to stay here if they wasn't whipping me. But if you're there, they're going to be whipping you. I'd be glad to stay here if I didn't have to make no bricks, but you'll be making bricks. I'd be glad to stay here if they'll just let me worship God, like I, but they won't. Read, just read the story of the Exodus. You'll see Pharaoh was controlling every part of their life, killing their children. You don't think this world is after our children? It's always been after our children. And they were killing their children, killing them as they were born. As soon as they were born, killing them. But all that some people want, I just don't want to be a slave, but I don't want to leave. It took them one night, you've heard this said before, to get Israel out of Egypt. But it took 40 years to get Egypt out of them. Because the whole time, every time some trouble would come up, they would say, oh, that we were back in Egypt. The melons and the leeks and the garlic, the onions and the fish and just all that we were back. You called us out here to die, to dig our graves in the desert. You called us out here to bury our kids in the desert. You, did you not see what God did? They could not remember. They forget so quickly. That's why I never want to forget. I never want to forget what God did for me. You can stand with me this morning. There's one, you know, when God was bringing those plagues on Egypt. Finally, at one point, the magicians and all of them, they, they, they told Pharaoh, said, man, let these people go. Can you not see that Egypt is in ruin? That Egypt is finished? We can't fight this. Let them go. And and when they finally did let them go gladly, after they were gone, he said, Egypt said, what have we done? Why have we let them go? Why have we, we got rid of our help. We got rid of our servants. And Egypt went after them. If you stay in Egypt, you serve Egypt. And you cannot serve two masters. Jesus said it. And you can't live in two places. You can't walk two roads. It's impossible. You can't have a vacation home or a timeshare in Egypt. I'm just going to visit it every once in a while. The Bible says, lay up treasure for yourselves in heaven. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That's where he wants to take us. Oh, I know I... I got to finish. I'm not done, but I got to finish. I got to stop. But what I want you to remember today is this, is that God has delivered us with so great a deliverance. The blood of Jesus has washed us and separated us. Now let's come out. Let's complete the process. In the very end of time, it says that there were people who the angel said, these were made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. Okay? But he didn't stop there. He said, and the word of their testimony. You know what their test what Israel's testimony was? Is the blood separated us and God let us out. Your testimony is where you're at, where you are, what you're doing, 
how you're living. That's your testimony. And you're an overcomer by coming out, not by staying in. By staying in, you submit that I'm okay here. I'll be all right. But you won't be. Because the Lord said, come out and be separate. So let's, let's remember today the blood and the exodus. Let's remember today that God saved me, not just to save me, but to bring me out.